Hey, just a reminder that friend of the show and sketch card artist Ben Abusada is giving Rebel Base Card listeners 20% off sketch cards in his Etsy store. If you go to Etsy.com slash shop slash KSGeekman and use the code RebelBaseCard, you'll get 20% off of sketch cards. You can find the link in the show notes. All right, let's do the show. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, and you're listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Great pull, kid. If they don't go for this, we're going to have to get out of here pretty quick, Chewie. You found something. You found the Rebel Base Card Podcast. What a piece of junk. I'm your host, Greg McLaughlin. Just as clumsy as he is stupid. Join me as we discuss Star Wars trading cards and card collecting. We need a statement, not a manifesto. We'll talk about sets from the original vintage. No, no, the one I'm pointing to. All the way to current releases. This? Yes. All right, let's get started. Commence primary ignition. Welcome back, or if this is your first episode, welcome aboard. My name is Greg McLaughlin, and this is the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Welcome back indeed, and happy new year to everyone, and happy 2021. And I am, for one, so happy that 2020 is finally behind us. I know it's just a couple days ago, but I'm just happy to be here, and I'm happy that you are with me. And I've got a good show for you tonight, as my guest is Brian Berry of the Pink Milk Podcast. He will be on talking about getting his family involved in his Star Wars passion, and boy, what a ride. He and his husband, Tom, started Pink Milk back in 2019 with the goal of bringing a diverse and casual look into the Star Wars universe, and in the process, bringing lots of great content with a wonderful sense of humor and humanness about it. They also host a live stream on Friday nights on YouTube with two others, Emma and Mark, and they go deep into canon and lore with a queer and LGBT perspective. They also have one of the best catchphrases out there for podcasts when they invite listeners to drink up. Okay, I can't really do that bit justice, but you kind of get the drift. We'll get to my conversation with Barry here in a bit, but first I need to do a little homestead keeping, and this is where I generally give some content about collecting news and notes. And also, I have two shows coming out this week. That's why my eyes are a bit crossed. Uh, But it's a lot of great content. If you want to jump ahead of the homestead keeping, though, you can skip forward about 15, 16 minutes or so, and that way you won't have to hear me go on and on and on, and you can get to the good stuff. Um, But at any rate, starting out the new year right, I'm very excited. We'll get into a little homestead keeping, and then we'll get into my conversation with Brian. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Now, come on, get to it. Um, as uh, some of you may be aware of, uh, Star Wars Holocron series came out on December 30th, and I was fortunate enough to get uh, a hobby box from Blowout on day one, which was very nice. Um, also just received a blaster from Steel City, and I do believe I have another hobby box from Dave and Adams that is coming uh, sometime in the week or two to come. Uh, This is a 200-card base set, and it has a design very much like the Galactic Files uh, from a few years ago. Uh, Galactic Files has been released, I want to say, four or five times. Um, And basically what it is is it takes characters from across the saga. It will group them by their movie or TV show or property. And then you'll have, you could potentially have... Um, the same characters show up in different groups, like uh, you know, different uh, cards of C-3PO or Chewbacca or R2-D2, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, that kind of thing. 
so it was kind of interesting when I got my hot box and I was uh, fortunate enough uh, to go live on Instagram and break it. And I was, it was a very good break. Um, I, I did it kind of off the cuff because I just couldn't wait to open it up because uh, I had pre-ordered this thing back in August. And something we've been talking about on the program before, this was set to have come out in September, uh, but it was pushed back to uh, December given the date of 1230, which came just a couple weeks after uh, Masterwork had come out. And so we had kind of two releases right on top of each other. Um, but when you look at the calendar ahead, there's not too much that's going to be competing with it uh, in the uh, weeks and months to come. Uh, in February, let me take a look here. If I look at the calendar, um, we have a signature series that is set to drop on February 19th. And this is very close to the archives of a year or two ago where you basically have a box of one um, art slabbed card you know the, the archives was basically a random autograph it was running around 50 or 60 ish uh, sometimes more depending upon where you got it from and it was a random autograph so basically one card you know one card one pack one box um, and that appeals to a certain type of collector there. Um, I remember getting the, my Adrian Edmondson from the archives a little later on off of eBay, and I got it for a really good price. And so for autograph hunters, it's a great, it's a great set to chase um, just because it comes already in a sort of a pre-archived type um, packaging. And that way you don't have to worry about like top loading or something. It's already kind of put in sort of a, you know, like sort of a permanent keeper, uh, which is nice. Um, if you are excited about collecting cards and you are looking, you know, to, to get an autograph, I would say in this case, let the buyer beware a little bit because you're never quite sure what autograph you're going to get. Um, I always kind of like all the autographs I get. Um, so whether they're big names or not, but I think that's sort of a little bit of the, the premise of this is that it could be a really amazing autograph. It could be, you know, a lesser character. I hate to say the word lesser, uh, but it could be a, a character who's had a little less screen time. So it, it's one of those things. I think when you go into uh, this release in February, you know, go in with the correct expectations for it. Um, and that's going to kind of be it until May, where you get the Mandalorian season two on five nineteen, uh, which is interesting because it comes a lot earlier. You know, we had to wait till basically almost November for the Mandalorian season one. But as we've seen on Disney plus, um, next year, you know, towards the end of the year, you're going to get the book of Boba Fett before you get Mandalorian season three. So in this case, you know, not only are we getting these cards a little earlier in the year, um, but in looking at the calendar until about June-ish, um, that's about all there is. And so Holocron, going back to Holocron, it's going to kind of take us uh, through February and into the spring. And being that it is a 200-card set, along with the inserts and the autographs and the sketch cards, um, this is a nice slow burn uh, chase. Uh, one thing that I went and got a second hobby box was is that, av as we've talked on the program before, uh, the pre-order prices were a good price, and then it started getting a little higher and higher. And then after release, as we saw with the Mandalorian, you went from, you know, you, you saw like a huge uh, spike in prices. And I think that does sort of, that continues on that trend from last year where um, until I think we get past COVID and, you know, we're seeing a little bit of the spillover from the sports card um, effect where these hobby boxes are going and they're going pretty fast and the prices are going up. So um, what I like about Holocron is you also have a blaster box, which generally means uh, right now I'm seeing them on Steel City, but I'm hoping also to see them 
in stores, your targets and Walmarts eventually, just like hopefully with the Mandalorian, where if you are looking to kind of try it out, um, you know, throwing 20 bucks on a hobby, uh, on a uh, blaster box, not, not a bad way to go. Um, just to kind of get your feet wet. You got some great characters. Um, they're really, the, the numerical system for this release, like I said, very similar to Galactic Files, where it's not a 1 through 200. It's basically a property like A New Hope or, you know, uh, Attack of the Clones or something like that. So you're going to have these clusters of, of cards within that. And so once I start seeing some checklists, I'll kind of point you in a direction. I would expect probably either a cardboard connection or, you know, Beckett or someone like that to put out a checklist. Um, if I have a checklist that I can put together, I'll, I'll definitely throw one out there. But uh, it'll be a little trickier. So if you're, trying to going, if you're trying to figure out what you have and what you need, um, that's why I had to go out and get a uh, fresh binder and some pages for it so I can start putting this together. And one nice thing about having a few boxes at the front is that I can start seeing where this is. Um, and I'll be searching for checklists myself to see. You know, I know there are 200, but so i got to figure out what I still need and what I'm going to chase. And, and then how do I go about it from there? Uh, putting together like a trade group or you know putting the word out, uh, searching for single, uh, single cards. Or maybe in some cases, someone might decide they just want to choose all the rays from this or all, you know, all the Lukes. Uh, and that's it. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see. Uh, and I'd love some feedback from you. What what, how are you, are you going to collect this? And in which case, are you going to go try to go for a completist type? Are you just going to go for a, you know, a few characters? Are you just going to gun for sketch cards and autos? And speaking of which, I was very happy to pull uh, an auto, which is one per box. Um, I got a Chris Edgerly, who is Eth Koth in The Clone Wars, the voice of. Uh, it was a very nice auto. And I also received a sketch card in the box that is a Jerry Garcia. It was a sepia sketch of Gwaigon Jin from The Phantom Menace. Really blew me away. I did throw it on uh, Twitter and Instagram. You can go over to the Instagram page over at Rebel Base Card and see that gorgeous sketch card. Uh, been asking Jerry. I know he's really busy like a lot of these artists are. I'd uh, love to get him on the program at some point uh, to talk about this, but my, what a sketch. And that's one of the things I love when I see the... Uh, the day of a card release is the fact that a lot of the artists who can't show their stuff until the NDA is up will start showing you a lot of the sketch works that they have done. Uh, they're hoping, like we all are, that these cards get pulled, that they don't just kind of go in a, in a pack and stay there forever. Um, you know, you'll see them pop up on eBay. You'll see them pop up on the, on the Facebook groups. You'll see them pop up on Instagram. So it's very exciting, and I think that we want to carry this excitement into 2021 uh, to, like I said, promote the hobby, one thing, but just the, the work and passion that these artists put into these cards. Um, and then, you know, of course, you know, they make their, they make their bones off of the APs, uh, the artist proofs. And so, you know, you can always help support those artists. Um, they just do phenomenal work and we certainly want to keep that going. Um, so like I said, that is my kind of wrap-up of Holocron. As I start to put this together, uh, one thing I love about putting this in the binders, I start to get a kind of feel for the release, and you kind of go over. You know, they have this back, the back to them, that has these stats. It almost looks like a collectible card that talks about force powers and intelligent and diplomacy, strength, speed, fighting ability. So, you know, it'd be, it'd be fun if someone came up with a set of rules for these. Um, but it is kind of nice and you get a, it is kind of nice and you get a uh, you get a description of the character and then you see what set it's from. Uh, the parallels are nice. They get kind of a you know the, the card themselves almost kind of looks like a card trader type uh, base you know, base card from 
the 2020 release of the uh, Star Wars card trader uh, cards. Uh, the the parallels have sort of the border, the outer uh, left and right borders in different colors. Uh, and then there were also short print ones. Uh, there was a really some really cool inserts. You can go over the the uh, Instagram uh, post for uh, my break on it, and you can see for yourself as I go through and pull some of these cards what I was getting. At any rate, um, we'll be talking more about Holocron, of course, as the weeks go ahead, because right now, them and Masterwork, pretty much the only game in town. Um, so I'm hopefully going to see some more of those cards and share with you some of the ones that I get along the way. Also this week, it's, you know, I, as I kind of took a nice break and I kind of needed it, uh, it's always sort of my little shutdown at the end of the year uh, where I only do the one job instead of two. And so it had I had time to kind of go through Organize the cards a little bit, not too much, but sometimes you kind of need that mental break as, as we all kind of do and you've got your holiday obligations and things like that. So real excited to get into 2021. Um, as you will also see this week, I have a second show, a special show for my Steam into Star Wars that will also be dropping. So we're going to have, you're going to have plenty of, of me, unfortunately, to deal with for the next couple of weeks as we have um, that special show comes up. It's our second annual one uh, that we did with uh, Tom Gross and all those folks on it at Washington uh, Community High School. Uh, that was fun. I had uh, Nora and Rad and Tom Gross as my guest on that one. Um, just the way the things are going on, those are going to be dropping uh, at the same time as, as this one or a couple days different. So we're going to have plenty of content. And then what I'm probably thinking I'm going to do is I'll do a sort of a, a show, sort of a wrap up of you know my thoughts on 2020 as far as the cards there. And kind of my thoughts now that we're seeing some of the calendar kind of lay itself out and, you know, kind of a nice little reset and, um, you know, pretty excited about that and excited to get new guests on the program, uh, sketch card artists, returning guests. And of course, you know, as we get ready for right now, the only con that I know of uh, would be the C2E2 that got moved from earlier part of the year to December. Let's hope that uh, the, the, the COVID treatments, the vaccines and all that, um, make it so that they can actually have a con. You never quite know if it's going to be the same, but at least to have one is a nice start. And I think everybody is just wanting to get out of the house and do something uh, and get your Star Wars on. So um, once again, I just want to say Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, missed being on the mic, but it was one of those things where, you know, as you kind of go through, sometimes you just kind of need to reset yourself. I'm excited for... Uh, this year, which would be my third year of doing the podcast, uh, you'll notice that the podcast art will turn yellow um, for Series 3. I kind of used the old 1977 card sets. There were five of those. Uh, we had blue for Series 1, red for Series 2, and this year is Series 3 yellow. With the exception of the podcast art for tonight's episode, Yes, I am going to get to it uh, with my, my guest, Brian Berry of Pink Milk. Um, I decided to, uh, in honor of Pink Milk, turn the podcast art pink. Uh, it came out really nice. I was really happy with it. Um, you know, It's something that uh, Brian is a graphic designer, uh, so it's one of those things where you're doing podcast art. You're always a little like, okay, is, is this going to work out? But I think you're, you're going to like it. And I really, once again, enjoyed this discussion uh, it was somebody I wanted to have on the program for a while. You know, I always kind of consider they, they came out around the sound t same time I did. Uh, and I always consider the podcast that kind of came out in 2019. We're all kind of in that same, that, that 
high school class, right? We're the class of 2019. Uh, I, you know, I talk often with the folks from uh, the Marvel Card Collectors podcast, or you know, we've had Rodney Roberts on from Meanwhile at the podcast. That was also a 2019 show. Um, so just one of those things where when you're doing this, you know, it's always you always kind of keep an eye on folks you kind of came in with, and we're we're rooting for everybody. I, I know we have you know more. Uh, shows that are coming out this year. Um, I am excited to see that there is another Star Wars card collecting podcast from that Facebook group, the Star Wars Card Collectors. Uh, they're going to be starting up one, and they have a great community over there. I'm in that Facebook group. Um, I was excited to hear about it because the the hobby needs all the help it can get, but I love the fact, just like with all the other Star Wars podcasts that I've discovered myself, I love uh, seeing more people do it. I love seeing the discussions out there. And just like with Pink Milk and all these other uh, podcasts I have discovered, I love getting that diversity of opinion, diversity of voice. There needs to be more voices out there and more voices with a with a focus and, and a platform and going, you know what? Uh, the more that we kind of help create this space of not only positivity, but with just, you know, just enjoying what we love, what our passions are, and that's what I want to see. A lot of times I've talked about, you know, when I started the show, it's like, does, does the world need another Star Wars podcast? Well, frankly, it does, um, because it just needs voices and people just talking about, you know, their passions and enjoying it and enveloping in it. And that's one of, I think, one of my goals for 2021 is I want to talk to more folks who have that passion about them. And I think that when we all get on social media and see, you know, like, some of the you know the the fan the fandom menace as it were when people just kind of go after one thing I think you know I I've started to really come around to the fact that you know what we should just celebrate what we love and I think I want to celebrate what you are passionate about because I think that's what makes it fun when I see folks like uh, say Ben Abasada talk about uh, the prequels and his love of the hot toys and all that stuff I I want to celebrate that love of the prequels, uh, of Clone Wars, you know, uh, talking to Fred over at Death Star Dispatch, you know, he loves the Clone Wars. Or, you know, my friend Greg Kass over at Ion Cannon loves Obi-Wan. I love that. I love the fact that people, you know, uh, Maurice Mercado, you know, some people, you know, they just, they love doing stuff. And I know that there are things that maybe that we'd love to see that if that particular property did different, or maybe that should have done it that way. I think there is a platform you know, uh, my friends over at the Cantina Cast or Coffee with Kenobi uh, or Full of Sith, all those folks over there uh, that do great jobs of, of not only just giving an opinion, but also giving a, a, a platform and a space for the discussion of. So that I think that if we, we can, we can, we can, af- don't be afraid to not like something, but also just say, hey, look, I want to, I want to love what you love. I, I love the fact that you love it. But I also like, let's just talk about it because that's all we want to do, right? I want to listen to Star Wars podcasts. I want to people talk about, you know, I want to have people talk about whatever they love. But I, I also kind of want, as a listener, you know, give some discussion about it because a one or two word answer about it, or it sucks or things like that, it doesn't really help me out. It kind of, you know, I, I get more engaged when people are engaging me or people are giving me something to think about. And that's what I love about some of these uh, the shows, you know, uh, Sisters with Sabres and all these different folks that are that are putting all these great podcasts out. And I just want to I want to get it all in because it's just going to make me a better listener, going to make me a better fan. 
And uh, I hope that, you know, with the kind of shows that I'm bringing out where I'm talking about collectors, I'm talking about podcasters, I'm talking to artists, uh, you know, people who have these projects, um, I want to I listen. I, I like discovering stuff. And I like the fact that you're along for the ride with me. And uh, I want to say thank you for all the listens. You don't have to listen to everyone. You know, I always consider this like a magazine rack, right? You go past a magazine rack, some things are just going to catch your eye more than others. Um, all I want to do is keep making uh, content that hopefully you listen to that comes from, come from, comes from a place where it's sincere. Uh, I just love talking to folks. I love learning new things. And I hope you get a little bit out of it. So at any rate, here is my conversation with Brian. It's really good. You're really going to like it. And I'll catch you after on the flip side. Don't think me to be rude. I must take this call. The thing that I kind of wanted to start with, and I, I did this last year with... Maurice Mercado, uh, Jedi Toy Masters. I love the fact that he included his boys and his family in on his passion, his hobby. And, you know, they, they did their, they, they do their YouTube videos and he does his podcast. But that was one of the things that, and listening to Pink Milk and you and your husband talk about and raising the three kids. Raising the three kids in a Star Wars family. It's a, it's a Star Wars family now yep. because you roped Tom in. Um, yep. Tom's not here to defend himself. Um, <laughs> I'll let him do that on the podcast. But I thought that that goes back to... I, I did want to kind of get a bit of an origin of... Can you, can you talk about um, choosing to adopt the first and then bringing the others, the yeah. other children in? We could start there. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, I think when Tom and I met uh, 13 years ago, uh, I had always wanted kids. I always saw myself as a father. I didn't ever see myself as anything other. I got older and realized I was gay and the probability of becoming a father became less and less and less. And it was, uh, it was a really hard thing for me to process, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I went through a really bad relationship, like many people do <laughs> in their early 20s. And uh, I met Tom, and that's a, a long story all itself. But when I met Tom, I knew really quickly that we would be together forever. Like it was just this instant connection. Tom and I couldn't be any more different, but we always land in the same spot. Like every time I, I, in 13 years, I can rarely count a time that we didn't agree. Like we just go take different destin different routes to get to the same destination. And, you know, I knew he was a good person and that family was going to be really, really important to him. I didn't come from the greatest background personally. Um, and so family I knew was, was something that I didn't have but I knew I wanted it. So I worked really hard to build my life in a way in which that someone could come in and have a family, uh, which is hard to find, at least at that time, with gay dudes in you know, the two, early 2000s. It was hard, it was hard. It, wasn't, it was a life that was not provided to us because it was unattainable, and there's a lot of, I think for a lot of people, and again, I can't speak for all queer people, but I can speak for me in the in the circles that I have. 
of there's some inner homophobia sometimes that comes in that you don't feel worthy to have certain things and it's comes from all all the stuff all of us here mm-hmm. but when you are a queer person you internalize it differently than probably other people do but I knew I didn't want that I wanted something different and so I met Tom and we knew really really quickly that it was just going to be forever and the kid talk started you know a probably two, three years in, you know, and I voted to try to have kids. I did. I went to protests to try to have kids. I went to pride festivals and did all those things, you know, and, and I just, it felt like an, a battle that was never going to be won. Uh, so Tom and I started talking earlier, like probably 10 years ago, nine, 10 years ago about maybe doing surrogacy or things like that. Uh, we had people offer to do that for us, which was really wonderful and that's flattering and all of those things. Um, but for me, I didn't feel that was the right call, calling for me as a queer person. I didn't feel I was meant to have my own biological children and I really wanted to adopt. And I wanted, to adopt through the foster system because there's a lot of kids in our country you know at one point last year here in arizona alone there were 16,000 homeless kids in our country or in our state and i knew those kinds of numbers and i was like that's that's where i want to go that's that's what my calling is my calling is to help these kids who might not have anywhere to go and we were told no for a long time and then you know, marriage equality passed, and that was wonderful. And there was still a battle for adopting, because a lot of places would say no. But uh, close to a year after marriage equality passed, our governor, like, outlawed it. They said, if, if people can get married, you have to let them adopt, because you can't use this against us anymore. Well, Tom and I still weren't married at that time. We had been together for, oh, God seven years when it passed (laughs) but we were just like we didn't i don't know we just didn't get married we didn't need it anymore we had we had had our lives set up to support one another anyways and then we were like well i don't want to share the same anniversary with everybody else at first (laughs) like a jokingly type of thing so we so we waited and and then that all happened and we wanted to get married and then we're told we shouldn't get married because you in order to adopt, a married couple has to be married for two plus years. So they were like, but we're trying to write laws for for queer people who didn't have the ability to get married. So it was it's all legal hoops. It was all hoopla. And we were, we were told no by a lot of agencies. Despite it being illegal to say no to us, they said no to us anyways and said, we don't believe in your lifestyle. We don't believe children being raised by two men is appropriate, blah, blah, blah. Um, so we eventually, we eventually found the place and, uh, a year later we've got Jack and Jack was, Mm. we, we didn't think we could foster. And I don't know if I could be a foster parent. Uh, it's a really wonderful gift that humans can do to bring a child into your house with the intent tension of them going back to their bio family and 
I know the stories that these kids come from. And I really, really, really celebrate foster parents because it's a really, really hard job. You're not thanked enough. You were put through the ringer by the state, by all those things. And it was not something we could do. So we were going to just adopt. And we wanted an, a, a, someone, I think at the time, like six or older. And that we picked that number because statistically, at, at least at the time, like six and up had a much harder time finding a home because kids were deemed, sadly, by a lot of people, uh, that they're, they were going to have problems and that there'd be something wrong with them, which is a stigma that comes with far too mm. many foster kids, like any of it's their fault. Um, so that's what we wanted to try to do. And, but our intention was to grow our family. That was, you know, it wasn't like an altruistic, <laughs> necessarily altruistic thing. We wanted to grow a family. Um, and then, so when we were told we were going to adopt, it was supposed to be a really long process. And it didn't happen that way. We got a phone call on November 17th at 3.30. It was a Monday afternoon and, or 3 o'clock on Monday that there was a, a, a little kid who was seven years old on an airplane oh from Chicago. And that was really all we knew. And they said, would you be willing to adopt him? Because we want to put him in a home that he doesn't have to move again. Whew. And I called my husband at the time. I was at work and we both just kind of said yes. It was four days before Thanksgiving. We had planned we had all this family in town. <laughs> Tom's parents have just had just flown in from across the country and we just said yes. And then so I called the adoption agency back and they're like, Okay, he'll be there in like five hours. Oh so we had nothing because we thought like we like I said, we thought the process was gonna be a long process and we were gonna build a room together, you know, buy a bed and 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 try to slowly welcome them into the house but obviously we didn't have that option so we slapped everything together that we could in three hours and then at 8 30 at night this little kid showed up on our doorstep and uh sorry uh no no i don't know how he could have processed that or what even what his understanding was not of oh. going into the home, but you're like, okay, you're getting on a plane. What? You know? Yep. Yeah. It, I mean, he wanted it to happen on some level. Uh, not that any seven-year-old kid. And he was, you know, he had just turned seven four days earlier. It was four days after his birthday mm. and four days before Thanksgiving. Um, and the people were going to adopt him and then said no. So. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was it was hard. And anyway, so there was this little kid who just showed up. And uh I mean, honestly, it was the crazy experience craziest experience ever because he was just meant to be with us. We just got along instantly. From the minute he arrived, it's like he's always been with us and he's very connected and he's just a really really good kid. He honestly, he's just the best little kid in the entire world. And uh, it was a total fit. And, you know, that was four years ago. And then about 11 months after he came in uh, on December 23rd, he was adopted, um, mm. which was really cool, which was cool. And then so he was with us for like a year and a half uh, after the first year. 
we weren't sure if we wanted another child or not. We didn't know, but we realized that he needed a brother. Um, so we put out the call again, basically said, Hey, you know, here, here we go. We'll take, we'll, we'll, we'll open our house up to someone else. And that process took like another close to a year. And it was a little different because our second son, Michael was four and a half when we met him. But, uh, that process was more of the typical, like we met him first and it took a few months, uh, in order to meet him. And we had to go through like a process of an interview because there's like two or three families lined up, you know, for a possible home. And then they they ended up choosing us. And then we met them. And again, it was supposed to be another two, three month long process to like, you know, they stay, they come for a couple hours and they'll do an overnight and then they do a few. But he really bonded and he had one overnight and the next week and they moved him in uh, because he was really, really upset when he left. Um, and that was her second son, Michael, and he was adopted just about a year later again in June. Um, and then I would say six months after Michael came, we were like, okay, maybe, maybe we can do one more. Maybe, maybe they need somebody too. And that, at that point it became like Jack was is such an amazing kid and Michael um grew a lot very quickly he michael came from an unbelievably horrible black background and it was it's a very very it's hard to think about because he was a four-year-old kid uh Mm. and so he had some he was angry for a long time and rightfully so but he blossomed and we're like okay well they're we must be doing something right. <laughs> uh, I mean, we don't, you know, does any parent ever know what they're doing? Probably not. No, no. <laughs> but, no. you know, we're doing something okay. Maybe, and at that point, it really did become, maybe we can help somebody else. And so then a year later, Eli came, who's our third child, and but he's the middle child of the three. And he was six when he came. And it was another situation. It was a Thursday night. We got a call that this little boy was going to be adopted, and then they decided not to. And they were kicking him out the next morning. Like, the, he had nowhere to go. So would you two be willing to adopt him? And all we knew was that he was six. <laughs> another <laughs> another. we don't know who's coming. And we said yes. And then, you know, that next morning at 8.30, there he was, 8.30 in the morning. Um and it's been great. And that happened uh, last August. So he was with us for about six months. And he, 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 you know, he's come a long way, too. You know, it's sad because nothing good brings these kids to you. And they have to go through an unimaginable amount of stuff before they even come to your door. And, you know, they've got a lot to carry. They've got a lot to carry. And I don't know how they do it. I mean, they, and then to see them smile and be happy is really, really inspirational. But then quarantine came, COVID <laughs> happened, and in a way, I don't want to be insensitive to other to people who have had a lot of loss during these times, which a lot of people have. Yeah. But for us and our family, I think 
it gave those three kids time that they were forced and locked down in a house together. And they grew so unbelievably close that I don't think if that didn't happen, I don't know if they'd have the bonds they have right now. Uh, but Eli's story didn't really end there because then it got kind of ugly again after about six months of living with us because they decided that they didn't want him to be with a gay couple, particularly mm-hmm. the judge. And the judge did not like us. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Other than that. And so we had to kind of fight. And we ushered that adoption much quicker. And then it was really tough. It was really tough. It was a lot of battles. <laughs> it was a lot of battles. Um, because they wanted to to take him out of the house, but they had nowhere for him to go, which is probably the only reason that he's still with us. Uh, and... Then on April Fool's Day, he was adopted. So it's like, you know, which was another little COVID miracle um, that we're grateful for. And it's been hard because, again, you know, it's hard to celebrate in these in these times. But for us, you know, there's been some really good stuff that has, that's come out of it. And, you know, so, I mean, that's our family. That's how we, <laughs> that's how we came about. And it's like we had mentioned earlier, uh, the Mandalorian and my relationship with Din and his relationship to baby Yoda speaks to me on a really, really deep personal level that I was not anticipating <laughs> when the show was announced. Right. I love star Wars with my entire fiber of my being, uh, like on pink milk. I think we talk about star Wars and our emotional connection to the, to it more than anything. I think that's kind of what leads the show. Um, we talk about the events and canon and lore and all that, but not to the, we speak to it more from an emotional connection. And that emotional connection pulls us through the story of the episode or through the lore or through a certain movie. And that's kind of how we try to approach it. Um, and that's mostly because that's how I've always experienced star Wars. Um, it's always just been, I've said it many times. It's always been my, my moral compass. It's been the light that I had to, as growing up as a child to tell me what's right or what's wrong. And I've never really let that go. Um, even here I am as a 41 year old man <laughs> and I really let Star Wars be kind of my guide. You know, it's, it's the myth that I follow in my life. So that's what we talked about on the podcast. Um, but Din's journey with, with, with Gogru, which I can't say yet is, uh, <laughs> or Grugo. Gogru, Gogru, Gogru. <laughs> I still don't know. Grogu, I think is, <laughs> Grogu, yeah, Grogu, that's what it is, uh, uh, is really incredible, and it's really, really amazing, and I feel it's been a real privilege to share a podcast and be able to talk about that show in that way, because Baby Yoda's adorable, and we can all go <laughs> ooh and ah over him, but but to be able to talk about Mandalorian from our experience of raising children with trauma and being able to relate that to baby Yoda and the connection of a father meeting a child, you know, he met baby Yoda when he's 50 and you know, he's still a baby, I guess, but you know, Din doesn't have that instant connection to a child that a lot of people do when they have a child from birth. And there's a journey that you grow together to become father and son. And it's very much the journey that we've had with our kids which is pretty, it's pretty rad. It's pretty cool. So 
I think it'd be interesting and utterly fascinating. You know, like it's, I, I, was, I think to my sister is four years my senior. And, okay. you know, you, you live with a sibling and you deal with it. And I think my, my son and daughter are seven years apart. And they coexist. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely a long game. It's For them, it'll be a much longer game, I hope, that ends up like my sister and I did, where there was a point where I matured enough. I think when I was about 15, she probably felt like she could talk to me because I was understanding complete sentences at that point. Mm-hmm. But I, can, I think what would have been amazing, or what, what is amazing is you probably see these kids click at times. It's probably yeah. there's the, they go, they'll go, they'll interact, but there's got to be those times where you'll see it, those tumblers lock into place, and yeah. then you go, boom, that's it, and these are these, you know, these cornerstone moments, and you see yeah. them interact, and I'm sure they probably get to, even at this point, they probably get to a four-person game, and they kind of turn their heads and go, We've got an extra chair, Dad. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, we I need don't a know. fourth for this. You've already, you've already made, yeah. you've already had enough that they outnumber you. That's I always. That's you know, my my dearly departed uh, friend who who you know had three used to say, "You're not a real parent until you have the third kid," because then you know, I, when I hear one, I you know, you, the parents no longer contain contain the mob, but. Uh, to me, the the interactions of those, and we'll get to the Star Wars element, has to be amazing. It is. I mean, I'm grateful at this moment that they haven't realized they outnumber us yet. <laughs> I'm dreading. I'm dreading that day. Uh, you know, the thing that's really it's crazy to think about. So I was adopted by my father, so I can relate in an, in a way i was not in the foster system so i can't relate to that way um and i think it's been a benefit uh in helping them but i think it was you know a year into having jack we also realized jack experienced a life that we've never experienced and we can help guide him as best we can but there will be a layer to it that we just will not be able to to relate to on that level. And that's what I'm looking forward to them growing older together. When you get older and those bigger questions start coming, they will always have each other. Right. Lean on. And you know, that that's really rewarding and that's a really beautiful thing to think about. Um, and they're all very, very close. And it's funny now, like when I look at them, how they all start to look like each other and (laughs) They don't look like any, <laughs> I mean, they don't look like each other, but the, the mannerisms, the way, the, the cadence in their voice, they're, you know, all of it, they're, they look so much like one another. And it's really, it's really funny to see. It's really crazy. It's really, really crazy. <laughs> I, so at what point once, I think it's other, it's another dynamic that, I, I think that as Star Wars fans, right, you know, we have, whether or not we just enjoy it on a movie or TV show genre, or you decide that you buy, maybe you buy the books, but when you get into, not collecting, but, you know, I don't see how anybody goes past, goes into a Target, maybe it's just me, Target or walking, <laughs> to go past that toy bit, toy rack 
and you're looking for it. And once you see something, you go, I'm an adult. I have income. I can buy this. I can come home. And your significant other kind of looks and you go, what is it? You know, like I was working. I spent the entire day. My wife was working the entire day and I spent completely on my hobby shelf. I don't get display cases. I have a shelf uh, because I I like staying staying married. Um, (laughs) I enjoy that a lot. But it is something when all of a sudden you have a child or two. And I remember just, you know, like my son has, he, we saw attack of the clones. My son was about six or seven months old. We made it about 30 minutes in, (laughs) but that was what it was like then. You know, you have these experiences, but I remember taking him to revenge of the Sith. He was probably about three or four. And, uh, and, you know, just, not being able to wait until I could expose them to mm-hmm. a passion I had. And sometimes you go, yeah, you don't want to go. But, you know, you have these moments where, and I'm sure it has to, like, how hard did you have to hold yourself back? Or you did you just go, all right, let's, we're going right into this. Uh, kids, <laughs> pack it in. I got some popcorn. We're, you got some required reading to do. What was, what was it like for you guys? Oh, I mean, I failed miserably. I like (laughs) threw Jack in like I was like, this is what I'm going to do. He made the mistake the night we met him. You know, I again, I had never been a parent. I had not been around children in a really, really long time. So I had I had no skill at speaking with kids (laughs) like that poor kid at the beginning. (laughs) But I was like, well, you know, what's your favorite superhero? And he said, Luke Skywalker. I was like, oh, my God, this is like, <laughs> whatever is out there in the universe brought us together, which we say a lot in our in our house. We, we very much feel that, you know, every night at dinner, we say we are berries who support each other and we have fun. And we always talk about we feel that we were five lost little souls that found each other and we had separate journeys to get here. But this is where we were all supposed to end up. And. We talk about those things and what we're grateful for every night at dinner. Um, But I made the mistake of latching on. And (laughs) you saw your opening. (laughs) I saw my opening and I got to tell you, I ruined it. I came in too hard and I came in too fast (laughs) and I killed it (laughs) because Jack likes it, but he tolerates it. So he he enjoys the Mandalorian. He watched all of Clone Wars and all of Rebels, but not if if he saw me coming, he turned it off. <laughs> and and uh, when season seven of Clone Wars came, so if you if if if, if you're listening to this oh, and you yeah. don't listen to our show, I am a huge Clone Wars stan. Like I'm an original trilogy kid, but my Star Wars is Clone Wars. I think that is the foundation that all of Star Wars sits on for me and uh so i was super excited obviously when when season seven was announced this year ahsoka tano is my favorite character so i was really excited to see where she was going and uh i made everybody watch and jack has seen me a few times watching ahsoka episodes and the minute we see her <laughs> i was a puddle of goo on the floor and i was just very emotional and jack looked at me he's like oh <laughs> it's going to be one of those episodes and got up off the couch and left. <laughs> He's like, you're always, every time dad, you always cry at stars. You're always crying. I'm like, Oh yes. Well, it, it's true. Um, however, 
he enjoys the Mandalorian. He watched all of Rebels, all of those things. But the minute I came in the room, he turned it off because he didn't <laughs> want to. He did not want to engage because I take it too far. So, but Michael, who is our youngest, Eli has no interest. Zero, none, no interest in Star Wars at all. However, Michael is our youngest is really obsessed with star wars so that's my little partner and he and i you know we watched resistance well most of resistance together we watched freemaker we do those and we watch the movies together uh he's really into it and uh so he'll ask all the questions but See, um and then the other yeah. two will wonder why michael is getting so many better presents it's like mm -hmm. yeah like how come his lego piece set is the count is a thousand more than mine I have, you're like i have i got nothing I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's great. I'm I'm very grateful that I have that with him. It's our it's our thing, and I also think it's become our thing because Michael, quite frankly, likes the special attention that he gets. <laughs> so it's become oh, if I pretend like I like this, I get dad to myself. <laughs> parents uh, parents cannot play favorites, uh, and that's a lie. Uh, I will take to my grave. No, but, but you know what though? We, um, you know, every Friday, right? You get up, you, you make the decision. You, you're going to wake up, you're going to stay up or you're going to, you're going to wake up to watch. Mm -hmm. And this one, you know, I, I had introduced Lauren to, she kind of came in on the tail end of rebels okay. where she'd watch. And then we, we were, it was really cool to watch resistance, uh, with her. And, and she kind of was into that. Um, and then we, you know, I remember we watched, you know, like Mandalorian, which is nice because the whole family can watch Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. We may not watch it all at the same time, but I made a faithful decision, especially with the one with Ahsoka Tano. I got about 10, 15 minutes and I'm like, I got to get, I got to get Lauren up. I got Lauren yeah. up and watch. And I remember her reaction to it. And I was like, you know, and for me, I'm like, you know, blubbering through most of the episode. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was so happy that I watched that. I'm like, I was more happy that I watched it with her. <laughs> than anything yep. else and i'm like yeah I, I think like i said you go if if something gives you that much joy that reaction how can you not either defend it or why can't you let somebody have it like i said discussion for another podcast but i'm like you know what if something as much star wars as we has we have in, engaged especially ot folks mm -hmm. and if you can still get worked up about something someone's doing something right and I most definitely want to experience that with people that I'm around. You know, yep. person off the street. Hey, you're not doing anything. We're watching Clone Wars. Let's go. You know, we got this. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta process this. But you know, just seeing those reactions. And you know, like I said, it's nice. You know, e even if everybody's not completely on board, I think it is nice to to have that. You know, to to be able to experience that. You know, because. You know, they may not be into it, but they're kids. They're totally like, yeah. they will ingest that kind of culture that they obviously, I think, and especially, I think it's harder now because they're out of school, but definitely when they're in school. And, and you know, my daughter is, is getting of that age where you get into, you know, into junior high and you start really feeding off culture and, and yeah. um, you know, and watch having her watch the Macy's Parade and all the, all the, all the, all the, all the, the singing stars. You know, I grew up with, with pop music and I like pop music. Mm -hmm. But everything she's clicked on, it's like, you know, Love for it. me, the Macy's Parade is a little bit of schlock. But she was taking it seriously, <laughs> and she's looking at it, and I'm like, and we're like, who's that? I'm like, we're looking up, and I'm like, that is something, you know, that's to experience, uh, you know, cultural things with your kids are amazing. Mm. I don't care, 
I don't care uh, who you are. Um, but yeah. that's just that. That's what's fun. Now the 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 second part of this is mm-hmm. having them has that allowed you. I see some things on the table behind us. I know the people. Mm-hmm. It's a podcast, but what <laughs> other things? What other things? I think have you been able to, you know, whether it's Pokemon, whether it's things. Yeah. I mean, do you allow yourself to? to sort of, you know, heighten your engagement with some of these other properties because now there's sort of like, well, I can, like, I hide stuff in the kids' rooms. I've done that in the past where it's like, mm-hmm. well, you got room on your shelf for a binder. You got, like, I got I, I don't have room in the room for this this A, B, or C, this Amiibo <laughs> or this Skylander or this figure. Have, have, you, had, have you had to have these kind of, of interactions with or, or has this kind of allowed you to maybe buy more than what maybe if you were? So I, let me think. I'm a big animation and comic book fan too. I mean, nothing is Star Wars. I don't, I was, I I don't necessarily watch a lot of other media to be totally honest. Like I, we have family stuff and like that, but I've always just kind of engaged with Star Wars, G.I. Joe and X-Men. Those have been in Avatar, The Last Airbender, which is one of my favorite television shows of all time. So I feel like I am a nerd enough that I kind of knew what was going on anyways. I like, I'm sure a lot of the people listening go down the target toy aisle Mm -hmm. every single time, (laughs) especially that awkward time when you're just start dating someone and maybe it's the first time (laughs) you go to the store and you're like, do I go down the toy aisle? Do I not do it? How do you make the stretch from yogurt to, Uh to the, like, well, um, the light bulbs are over there, right? No. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, and I have not been a toy collector in a very, very, very long time. So I'm out of the loop on how all of that stuff works now, days anyways. But um, I would say I got really into Ninjago. Mm, okay. Which is not something I would have gotten into. But the kids love it. My kids are like YouTube kids, so that's what they like to watch. Mm-hmm. All of their they don't watch TV anymore. It's YouTube. So I know like YouTube people. Uh Hobby Kids TV was Jack's favorite thing in the entire world. And God bless those people. They are doing something right. Like they are speaking to their audience. Jack was obsessed. He was into these little action figures called Imagine X for a really long time. And so Hobby Kids TV I think it's a husband and wife. They basically just made up little stories with these Imaginex things. And that was Jack's for probably a year and a half, two years. That was all he watched. I watched hundreds of hours of, <laughs> of Hobby Kids TV on YouTube. So if you're a parent and you need to, it was really great, actually. It was a really good kid show. So if you're a parent and you have someone, you know, six or seven, five, go to Hobby Kids TV on YouTube. Some good stuff. <laughs> but you'll be hunting for Imaginex toys and Amazon will become your favorite your favorite place because they don't seem to have a lot of them at the stores. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would say that's what it was, you know. Um mostly mostly that Ninjago. And Freego and and Freemaker. I don't know if I would have watched Freemakers to be honest without Michael. But uh, Michael was really into it. And is it called All-Stars? I think Lego All-Stars. And they're like mm-hmm. little shorts. That that I'm really into. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, those uh, I've kind of also, you know, 
dabbled into, and I think it's one of those one one day. I just kind of, it's kind of like the forces of destiny, or the mm-hmm. galaxy of adventures, where yep. I just need to spend some time and just binge it and be done. Be done. Although I do like a lot of what they're doing. I I think also as far as like the Lego Star Wars, when you go to the holiday special, mm-hmm. it really starts to click with what they're able to do uh, the the holiday special was so smart and really if you really were paying attention you got some of the things you really wanted a post you know yep. rise of skywalker setting it doesn't have to all line up but you got it was amazing what they were able to give you in that but if you watch like and i've, I've seen some of the freemakers and some others where you'll see these canon adjacent things and you go oh yep. that's really smart and it's if cool. You, it's, if you just turn, if you turn the the nerd in yourself off, and you just go, just enjoy it. Yep. Um, no, nah. I still like. I still watch Star Wars that way. I'm still the four year old kid that saw Return of the Jedi the first time. Like I enjoy it. Like when we do stuff now for the podcast. Like now that I have a podcast, I watch Star Wars differently than I ever did before. It's been one of the greatest gifts. I mean, here I am speaking with you. I'd have never have met you in my entire <laughs> life without Star Wars. I, it was always just my thing. I don't, when I was in high school, I had a toy hunting friend and we're still text message friends, but I haven't really, I don't, I haven't seen him in 15 years, something like that. Uh, so star, I never had Star Wars friends ever. It was really only my thing. My husband has been very supportive and he went and did things with me, but he's not into it. He never watched Clone Wars. The end of season five, if most of us remember, is the wrong Jedi and Ahsoka leaves, and it is my favorite moment in any of Star Wars. I love that scene more than anything. I was in a, I was broken. <laughs> I was emotionally so drained for like a week. I can't watch that episode. I have, I will not talk about it much because I will cry. Like I'm, re- like it is, <laughs> it affected me on so many levels, and it, I, I've talked before that. That moment made me a better father today, so it affects me even differently now than it did back then. It's everything. Like I love that. I love that scene in that that last shot. And that that's how Ahsoka leaves for me to this day. Um, but I was an emotional wreck, and Tom was always like, you know, <laughs> they don't get it. So he's he's the best person I've ever met. So he's always very supportive. But there's some gentle jabbing of, <laughs> it's just a cartoon. Uh, until we started watching Clone Wars for the podcast. And he's like, this is really good. So like before the Mandalorian started on the show, we didn't know anything about the Mandalorian, but I was like, this is where I think it might go. So here's some, I think we picked like three or four arcs of the Clone Wars is kind of a lead up to what the Mandalorian might be about or um, what the Mandalorian might be about. And uh, uh, he was really into it. And then we get to Ahsoka, and he's like, I think I can understand why you were so upset. That was really powerful. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. And I'm like, and imagine being with that character for for five years and that that length of time to be so bonded to a character and then have that happen. Um, It works great. I mean, Clone Wars probably works better as a binge show, I think, collectively now but back then we didn't have that wasn't an option so i was connected to this character for most of my adult life you know it was pretty cool and i think it's something that i have i have come you know i was uh about seven when 
A New Hope came out, although I'm still, I still, I'm still trying to figure out when exactly we saw it yeah. um, when it came to the drive-in. But somehow, with the cards and and later with you know like some, I'm tr- I'm still trying to line that up. That's one of the greater mysteries. But when you're that young, you just it like time is just not something you really pay attention exactly. to, other than what's in yep. the class. But you know what's interesting, and I think, uh, and and to speak to Tom's experience, I think what. Um, when you come into this realm and you start meeting other Star Wars fans and like you I know even people that like that maybe they're a few years different mm-hmm. their entry point you know like I you know, OT you know OT idiots like me if if you're not kind of if you you come in at X, you come in at X movie and that's your starting point mm-hmm. and it's funny to to you know you'll you'll start seeing people like well I Return of the Jedi was the first movie I saw in the theater or, you know, or Empire or, you know, the Ewok movies. And, you, you know, what's weird, like, you know, I through basically Star Wars through Return of the Jedi, you're like, you know, puberty, you go through all that and then you get into high school and then, <laughs> you know, the droids cartoon and all that. It doesn't mm-hmm. really resonate and you don't think about it or even then go through the the prequels right you see that you mm-hmm. see it's great oh the the originals are, they've been redone they're back in the theaters and you see the prequels and you know I have those kind of reactions to them and then later on it, it takes so long now to figure out like there are so these these different entry points in and each of them are going to hit you on a different level and yeah. then but you know it's you know it's one of those that's I think that's the sticking point and if you are once you kind of get into what we're trying to do. I think you just look at it, you know, if, if you're on your game, you're looking at it differently, but you, you, are, you allow, I think you have to allow that much, that space to go. That is your thing. That is your thing. Like, I know that when Clone Wars came out, no. you know, for, I was kind of, the, I was kind of done with the prequels at that point. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, why? I, I, I saw the Tartakovsky ones and I'm like, I really like those. I'm like, why are they doing it again? We watched a couple episodes. No, no. And then, you know, it was Rebels. You know, I saw Ahsoka. I'd seen I'd seen Ahsoka. I was familiar with the character, but to see her re reintroduced in in Rebels and Rex and Rebels, and I didn't really Rex didn't really I didn't even know about Rex until you have to kind of you go back and you start charting it, and mm-hmm. then you know so and that's I put out even a poll message recently because from definitely Hondo Anaka and I said where was Hondo used the best in a poll question? It's, it's gotten off to get the results at some point, yep. but yeah, it's like for me, Hondo comes in and rebels and we go, Oh, he, but there's these others. And, and so now you see these characters, but they keep, when they get reintroduced, you know, it's just amazing the different reactions to folks. And I think like to make said, um, now Tom going through and seeing this, he's seeing mm-hmm. this through the lens of, uh, of a podcaster, but I like, and then also now, you know, I, I, it's, it's gotta, it's gotta be fascinating. And it's like, it's one of those, I'm, you know, it's also funny, you know, my wife and I, we watched, um, oh, they had Titans on HBO max. Right. So yep. I peripherally like DC stuff. I can watch it. And mm-hmm. then she lapped me because I, 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 I conked out one night and she finished that. <laughs> and then I, I catch her last night. She's continuing on with doom patrol. I go, Christian, I'm like, Doom Patrol's a thing. You know, we had this back and forth, and she's bouncing into that. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't necessarily think she's that interested in the genre. I think that she's just like, well, this is just what's next. And so I'm just going to keep going because there's nothing else to watch. You know, you take, you know, so that's, it's it's funny when, you know, you're sitting everything other kind of goes, and they're going in directions, and you go, now I could probably, you know, but, you know, 
But then, you know, I, I throw on Westworld season three and, and both of us are in agreement that really just went off the rail. Like I, but now I, I feel like I have to finish watching it. I don't know why I'm watching it, but I'm doing this. So it's, you <laughs> We've know, invested so much time. I, I gotta, I gotta do that now. Um, but yeah, I think that's the, I think the only thing you could have done was, was get him in because I think you have, you must have these discussions with him on this or when you're doing it that you wouldn't have had you wouldn't have had these discussions you know it's yeah i i feel so incredibly fortunate i mean one i can't believe you said yes i kind of pulled like you have to anyways jokingly slash maybe not but i i had never heard a podcast i when we started i knew that there would be a queer conversation but i didn't think that would necessarily be the main focus of our show when we first right. started i thought the main focus would be there's got to there are so many people like me who either their spouse their best friend their coworkers whomever it may or may not be is not a Star Wars fan, or they're casual. I mean, you know, Tom likes Star Wars. He's, but he's like a casual fan. He's the one person who will go, yeah, I'll see him in the movie, in the movie theater, and I'm good. Uh, and he grew up with them, and he loves to joke that he, you know, saw saw them before I did because he's older than me. <laughs> uh, but I thought that would be the sticking point of the show, the fact that I could, I I listen to lots of Star Wars podcasts, but I'm a nerd, so I know what they're talking about. You put like your wife or Tom in front of listen behind those. They're gonna have no idea. It's a foreign language to. They have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, so I just thought it would be fun to have that kind of a conversation. I wanted, I wanted, I worked really hard at making it sound like we were at a kitchen table together, just hanging out and having a real conversation. We don't come with a ton of show notes. We still don't do those things because I like a conversation, like what we're doing here. Like it's. I respect people who come with all those show notes and can like read a script. It's so I'm really, really impressed with that. I have tried a few times and it does not work <laughs> for me. But I have the benefit of being with Tom for so long and Tom and I are like best friends. And so that's kind of how we I ended up roping him in. We were when we started the podcast, we only had two kids. Eli came while we we're doing the show. Uh, which was which was cool. And that was a fun experience to share over the podcast you know but uh we started it because it was a time to spend time together and that's why tom came he's like look you love it and i love you and this is just something we're going to be able to do together so it was for tom he came in as a couple of just an experience as a couple i'm like how great is that like <laughs> how many people have a spouse that would do that for them i'm like it's really awesome um and then it became this thing of oh this is going to be really cool when the kids get older like they'll have these forever and you know the inevitable time that we leave they will still have these and they can be adults and hear their stories and their journeys growing up through their parents voices and it's that was something i did not anticipate but it's something that's come out of doing it for we just celebrated a year so we haven't been doing it a super long time but it's something that's come out of it and it's that's part of the thing that tom has really latched on to of of sharing our our show has become so much just about us as it has as it is star wars tom and i talk about our life 
through a Star Wars episode. That just seems to be the way that's that's what happened, and it makes it fun for us. I think people are into it. It seems like so, or they lie to us and tell us they like it. Um, <laughs> but that's been it's been that's been really really cool. And Tom is now after doing it for a year, people are commenting to Tom. Tom is not on Twitter. Tom is not on Instagram. He doesn't have any idea what goes on. <laughs> he leaves the mic. I do everything else. And so he's here to sit here to do the thing and then he's done, right? But he, especially this last probably three, four months, uh, have had a lot of people say things to Tom, like about Tom. Tom really, I love this perspective that Tom shared. And it's started to change him too he's like you know i just this is great we went through we went through uh you know the rise of skywalker together on the podcast we watched season seven of clone wars together and now one season of mandalorian on the podcast he's like i've never been connected to something like this in media before and i think he's starting to see why people can really attach themselves to something there's a story that goes it's you know you're a card collector there's toy collectors there's it's not about the card. It's not about the toy. It's always about the journey to either get it or what it meant to have this specific character because this character spoke to me at this point in time. And that's what we all get attached to. It's our personal journeys to those things. And then oftentimes in conversation, I think we get caught up in the pew pew pews of things, um, which is great fun too. That's wonderful. Right. But pew pew pews don't get us to keep coming back for more. It's always the stuff underneath it. And that's what Star Wars is so brilliant at doing. They mask the subtext in explosions, pure, just fun. And then the myth is hidden in a very approachable way. And so it gets at you. You were mentioning just a little bit earlier how everybody has their own in. And one of my favorite questions when I meet someone is, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? And why? Because I think it tells so much about them. And... And I've learned through the podcast, people talk about the pew, pew, pews, but if you push a little more, they'll start to give you more. And that's, that's where the interesting stuff is for right. me. That's I'm like, that's where you can connect to someone on a human level. And that's something that at least for me, Star Wars is the only thing that's ever been able to do that is Star Wars is the only thing that has ever been able to connect, connect me in that way to like something bigger than myself. Um, it's been really, but it's also been there with me my entire life. And it always seems to come at really important moments of my life. It's pretty, it's pretty cool, you know? Um, yeah, it's pretty neat. And, and not just, I mean, in those shared experiences of going through, like, you know, you know, with the Star Wars movies, it's been, you know, you, you take the family, it's like, the, you know, the family knows it's going to, they're going to go. Mm-hmm. And then you get the looks when, well, I'm going two or three more times to see this. And then, you know, mm-hmm. but it's those shared experiences. And I think it goes back to, you know, having, come on, Lauren, got to get, we're going to, we're going to watch. And then, you know, mm-hmm. it's like having these ones. And I, one of the, I, I've talked about this before where we're watching an episode of Resistance and she's, she's a very good drawler. She's really too much, so much more better at it than I was at, at, at her age. Awesome. And she drew a CB23, and a really good one. Yeah. And I posted it on Instagram, tagged Christopher Sean, and he liked it. 
And mm-hmm. I was like, oh. you know, I'm spinning my head spinning going, the guy we were just watching like something mm-hmm. you just did. And, but it, it created that, that connection, that memory to go, this is, you know, this is amazing. And I almost want to have him, if I ever see him, sign that, that, that drawing. Yeah. Just because I'm like, it, look at all these dots, or, or when you know friends of mine, you know Mikey Babinski will draw like, uh, Carl, um, a friend of mine will have Mikey Babinski draw this cover on one of those blank comic covers, yeah. and so he'll do this full, he'll commission this beautiful sketch, and I think he did it with Darth Maul, and then they had Ray Park in Milwaukee sign it. Oh, and awesome. so you had this, you know, the sketch and then you have, and, and, you know, people will go and then Ray Park, they're showing like, he's looking at like, this is amazing. And you're like, these connections I, are, go back to the collectibles and these experiences. And, and I think if, you know, if you can get the family on board and, and like I said, whatever level you want to come in, it's like whether, mm-hmm. you, you know, now my, my wife will, will say, you know, say like, oh, is there a new Mandalorian on? And she'll watch it. And like I said, there's, there's a level that I respect and I go you're not going to nerd out on it as much as I do but there was enough in there with with the child with the other things that and she didn't really need to have all the other stuff you know like I think I told her something about like oh you know like, I'll, I'll 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 stupidly say something like hey that's her first appearance from that and she'd be like okay fine yeah whatever and but just enjoying it on a other level that doesn't doesn't require any of that information and I'm sitting over like but you don't understand it's like you know like oh okay good. you know so, you know, we're all the same. How old are you? Fifty. They want to know. They don't get it. Like, um, but that's that. Those are the things, and I think that these are. And I think that I can imagine after doing pig milk for a year, where you have this, like, yeah, I, I think that's it's got to make like, you know, you start talking about like all oh, these audio things, and if they get saved and they go down, and you go, ha, huh, beating NPR storyboard at their own game, mm-hmm. uh, where it's like, no, it's not two minutes, but they get. <laughs> You know, you really hope at some point, you know, I, always, I think about what would happen if my kids discovered this down the line somewhere. And, yeah. you know, and I would think like, oh, you, if I was listening to your dad talking like, hey, we don't listen to you now, dad. Uh, I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> this is going to be really worth anything. Uh, yeah, sure. That's the same, same crap he was saying at home. Um, but uh, <laughs> but those are the things I think it, it's it's fascinating me. And, you know, the, the fam- not only the family dynamic. Which is just, like I said, when, as a podcast listener first, mm-hmm. and a pod, you know, like I, I've listened to podcasts some for years, and you get that where you start to, you know, even through osmosis, you pick up things, and after a while, you start checking in. You want to check in after a while because you want to find out what's happening next, what's happening in someone's life, and you, you're, you're going through that life with somebody. And not only, like I said, we we come in the same year, but you know, we it's like so. I'm rooting for your success because your success is my success. Grief Cargo says, um, mm-hmm. I celebrate that because I want to see you go and grow. And then you, everybody, I think, gives each other a guidepost of how we pull this off for another year, or two years, or five years, or however long it deems itself necessary to go. That's what I find most fascinating. And like I said, we don't discover each other without this medium or without Twitter and things like that. But, you know, like I said, I feel a part of your extended family, whether you want me or not. 
Um, no, you're wonderful. I'm honestly, I've enjoyed very much our, our interactions that we've had, and this has been so fantastic. But I agree, I agree. That's the beauty of of podcasting and YouTube, actually. Of you know, it's a weird. There's been moments where I have to say it's. I have to check myself. Am I being creepy? Because I feel like I know this person, even though I don't really know this person. But you invite them in so much, you know what I mean? And you're like, I know, I feel like I know these people. And and that's, you know, one of the things that I I, I hope that Tom and I are, when you listen to the podcast, it's us. Everything is us. That's who, you know what I mean? Hopefully paths will cross someday in real life and and we can have those moments, um, which has been the greatest thing, like, with Twitter of interacting with listeners and getting to know people. And in that way, it's been really awesome. It's, yeah. It's awesome. Well, and yeah. And I think also going through, you know, because each of, you know, Twitter is its own entity, its own animal. Instagram is its own animal, Facebook or YouTube. And each of these has a different kind of minutia to it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, traveling that is, you know, you get on it and there's a certain level and then you, you find the each of these has its own, you know, calms and storms and it's it's tricky. And but it, it's good because I think it, it I think it challenges it challenges me and it, it challenges folks to go. How do you how do you get how do you keep that conversation going forward? How do you how do you keep that dialogue? How do you engage and mm -hmm. you know it, when it's a very easy medium to an unfollow or a mute or a block and in some cases it's absolutely necessary but in some cases i found you know it's like keep those channels open try to figure out ways to engage try to take what is a very if something someone can do very easily in a few characters or a few sentences or a few minutes and put out there and, it, you know, and then try to go, well, how would I respond to that? Or, you know, like when you get a comment back or you get a tweet back and you're trying to figure out and then you have to kind of sit and think about it. And you go, you know, I wish everybody did. But it's it's uh, I, I find it's very challenging, but I think it's a challenge that at least I want to try. Yep. I really want to I really want to try to to do. And that's where I even like think like in. You know, in I want to be challenged by not only the people who listen, but also the people who I would consider peers or fellow podcasters mm -hmm. or people going like, let's challenge each other to produce the best content, to try to figure out ways to engage, to try to figure out different ways yep. and then to, to grow as far as we want to. And that's where, you know, when you see that, that's what I really enjoy most about following along with with uh, with Pink Milk. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, we've we've grown so much. I think about I was not as lucky as you to have a an education in this world. I <laughs> I bought a mic uh, four months before, you know, before we kind of went at it. And I learned how to do all of it on the fly. Those first few episodes sound so terrible. We're all, we were so nervous how to talk in front of a microphone. It's weird just talking in front of this thing, all of that, you know, but you get more comfortable as you go, as you learn. I strive to push myself 
even harder to make sure that, you know, I want to have good audio. I don't really know what I'm doing, but that's what YouTube is for. And I learn and I push and I listen back and go, okay, well, that didn't work over here. And, you know, we, that, that in itself has been fun as a creative person, like creating songs, like making the music and then learning different cutting techniques and all that has been, uh, it's been a great way to, it's another form of expression that isn't just talking about Star Wars on the podcast, which a lot of people probably don't notice, but I do, but that's, what's exciting. And that's, it, you know, you know, it's, it's really, and pushing, pushing yourself there then pushes you harder to go in a different direction. You know, I'm going to dig deeper now. People really responded to some of these stories I shared. I'm going to go deeper and I'm going to really like be vulnerable which is not always easy to do, especially on the internet when things you say can or can't be used for or against you or misconstrued or misunderstood or I speak from my heart. Maybe I, that day I said something the wrong way that was hurtful or any of those things, but that comes with the territory of of being open and honest and you have to be vulnerable enough to make a mistake and then and own a mistake um but that's the kind of show i want to run you know right um and learning youtube has been crazy we started a youtube version of the podcast like five weeks ago um with people that we in september we did a uh, mandalorian roundtable uh with a bunch of queer people who we all met through twitter i put a call out on twitter and we all got very very close and we still talk every single day and it was it was an amazing journey. I, I grew so much as a human being in five weeks that I don't think I ever would have done any other way. And those five, six weeks made me a better person going forward because of we all just really shared everything. And they became so little about the Mandalorian and just our experience in life through the helmet of the Mandalorian. It was really beautiful thing that I'm so incredibly proud of there. I'm a creative professional, like in real life and I'm an illustrator, but that, that was the most, the thing that I did that I was the most proud of that I think really hopefully did some good. Um, but anyways, now we're doing this live live stream and now I'm talking, I'm so used to spending a year talking to my husband who doesn't know anything about star Wars. And here I am now I've got to like, <laughs> I can make it every single thing wrong, but he's not going to know any different. <laughs> And you kind of have to, and you kind of have to bring your, uh, bring your game up a bit. Um, uh-huh. that's why, like I said, I'm, I'm glad I'm not a podcast that has to dive into. Cause I'm like, I haven't read all the books. I haven't, you know, I, but <laughs> like I said, you, you, you think you are the, uh, you, you think you are the star Wars kid in the room. And then you realize, no, 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 I am not even what's what's below padawan initiate right i'm i'm one of those younglings going i can swing a saber but i got i got nothing where this thing comes from so yeah um what's um what's coming up or do you have do you have plans to take it further um as far as like going into i know like the there was the after dark mm-hmm. that is in addition to the regular podcast the pink milk yeah. and then the youtube but do you have anything coming up in the coming year or some things that you're um thinking about uh, I mean, yeah, I want to continue reaching out to people I don't know and get different stories from perspectives that I wouldn't normally get. 
Um, I'm looking forward to, we've been very fortunate this last few months to get some really cool people on board to have conversations with. Um, I'd love to get better at those kinds of interviews with people, other podcasters and other people from other shows. Um, I would really, really like, I would like to speak to another queer person that works at Star Wars on some sort of level to understand what it is that they're doing for us specifically or how they see Star Wars as a queer person, but from behind the lens. I think that'd be, that's a very lofty ambition, but it's something that I, I would really like to do. Um, I thought about with the YouTube doing like shorter, more YouTube style videos. Uh, my oldest son wants to be a YouTuber someday, <laughs> which is why I got into YouTube. I mean, it's kind of how I got into podcasting was I want to help Jack out. I wanted to, I want to get him there. I think it, I think it'd be, you know, there are people who make an entire career off of you, off of YouTube these days. And I would like to be in full support of that. So I was like, well, I'm going to get on here and learn, <laughs> kind of learn how to do this so I can help him help get him there when he's old enough and ready. Um, yeah. But I think, I think, I, I, I think my biggest ambition would be to get somebody, a queer person that works at Lucasfilm. That would be really cool. And I, I think the uh, I think you're going in the to me you're going in the right direction and I think when you you know when I listen to the content and I, like I said I think it's really grown grown and grown up and you go like I said it's you know I I, I gotta think you'll get there because I just think that that keeping that conversation out out there mm -hmm. I think just goes. No, this is this is this is a place, and we all have the responsibility. I think of giving these, making these places or these safe places for people to go. I want you to be you, and I mm -hmm. also want you to feel like you know, like look, your your opinion, your joy, your passion matters. Yep. And let's talk about it. And there's room for it, and there's an audience for it, and and, and someone may take a deeper meaning into what you're saying and really need it and go hmm. and really lock on to it and you know it's it's like finding you know you're not going to find gems every time but there is something that you do this long enough you will you will strike gold at some point and that'll be you know and that that's all it takes for me is like if someone connects on this and gets to it not just buying cards or finding this but i'm like locks in and finds something and really you know that's i think what i do it for and I think that's yeah. what you guys have the, you know, you're on the precipice if you're not already Thank you. there. Thank you. I mean, honestly, I think I love the way you communicate with your guests a lot. I'm not a card collector, but I can hop on board with the journeys and the stories that y'all share to get there. And so you're doing the same thing. Sure, it's a, a card or a series over here, but it's not really about that. That's the that's the key into the conversation. And okay, you know, I'm I'm here for it. I think it's really, really wonderful. It's a it's a lot of fun. We all have our podcasts to go to that we connect to. Maybe it's because it's the first one we went to. I don't know that Jez does, you know, a, a, a review and analysis of an episode, which are really, really important. And those are really hard shows to do. Like I can't I don't know how people can watch The Mandalorian. I think you mentioned this a little bit earlier on a Friday. And two hours later, they have this like deep cut. Here's all the Easter eggs that were in it. That is so amazing to me. Like that is 
bonkers how anyone can do that and i am all here for it i have absolutely no idea how to do it because <laughs> i that is not i don't know i don't have that ability um <laughs> But you need, you know, there are, there's about, you know, 700,000 Star Wars podcasts. So you have to find the one that is for you. And, and as a podcaster, I think it's really important to find a voice that only you can bring out of all of those. Um, and it takes, you know, it takes a minute, at least it took us a minute. Maybe other people are really lucky and do it right out the gate. Uh, I'm still very proud of those early episodes, but they're not what they are now. Uh, but yeah. It's been awesome. It's been a really, really cool journey. I don't know how long it'll go, but I'm here for the long haul. I, I get worried when I'll hear you two stop giggling in some <laughs> cases. That's that's when I know uh, there might be trouble. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's well, we some... have never stopped laughing for 13 years. I don't think it's gone away. <laughs> Brian, where can where can people find outside of the big the big pink icons and uh you haven't seen the, you know, like i was showing you the, the podcast art it was fun to yeah. it was fun to do that uh it was fun to steal images uh freely mm, from the internet as a graphic designer you must appreciate the uh well you put it out there I it's do. like oh look at good lasso tool moves going on there you know it's like there's nothing like learning uh, a newer version of pixel and go oh wow yeah that one oh he up oh, the sad part is he neither watermarked it nor made it low res. Jink, jink, jink. Uh, but anyway, where can people find find you uh, without without having to, to uh, take uh, creative liberties with your stuff? Well, I am much friendlier looking than I am look in that picture, I have to say. Uh, but you can find me in the show at Serving Pink Milk uh, on Twitter and Instagram. You can find my personal stuff at B underscore... Sips Pink Milk, and then you can listen to our podcasts in just about every podcatcher. We're having some troubles with Google at this very moment. If you go to their browser, it's updated. You go to your app, it's not updated. I'm figuring it out. <laughs> but wherever else, we're on YouTube. We have a late night live stream, uh, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's after dark for a reason. We have kids to tuck away, <laughs> and then we and then we can talk Star Wars. But that's a lot of fun, honestly. It's been uh, it's really fun having a live audience there chit chatting while you're while you're going. That's a new element. So it's exciting. <laughs> All right. Um, I think I have a. Uh, my wife is telling me I think there's a Costco run and a breaker that's out. Uh, oh. So that's a good time to say I want to say go. thank you so much oh, for being on the show. Much. Thank you for having me. Honestly, it was really. It's been a long time coming. I appreciate it. Excellent. I'm a big fan of yours. Thank you. Thank you. Can I offer you a libation to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative? Once again, my thanks to Brian Berry for being on the program tonight. It was an absolute pleasure to get a chance to talk with him. And uh, what a great way to start 2021. And once again, Happy New Year, everyone. And uh, wish you all the best this year. If you have any feedback for tonight's episode, you can reach out to the program in a number of ways. You can leave a comment on the Instagram post for this episode. You can also DM me on Instagram at RebelBaseCard, which is also where you can find me on Twitter and Facebook. You can email the program, greg at rebelbasecard.com. You can find the show notes for this and all episodes on the website, rebelbasecard.com. In the Star Wars Card Trader app and, well, pretty much all Card Trader apps, you can find me at CornFedTech. I use the hashtag CardSquadron. Not only for a way to put out the word on cool cards and card collecting, but as a way to hopefully bring the community a little closer together. We collect, communicate, and commiserate when we run out of credits and crystals to spend in the app. 
Join in on the fun. Plus, well, all the other cool squadron names were already taken. We collect as one and would be honored if you would join us. And if you were a sketch card artist or Star Wars artist, collector, cosplayer, podcaster, and want to talk about your work, your craft, your passion, please drop me a line and maybe we can work something out. I'd love to get a chance to hear your story. You can also help out the program by leaving a comment and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get this podcast from. Otherwise, I implore you, keep those cards out of the hands of the Empire, folks, and I'll talk to you soon. The music for this podcast is brought to you under a Creative Commons license from Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. This is Discipline, off the album The Slip. This podcast is not affiliated in any way with Topps, Disney, or Star Wars, nor is it endorsed by Disney or Lucasfilm, and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds, and any other related items, are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders here in the U.S. and abroad. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com.